Hi, Emily. <laughs> no, no. Look, okay. We're not introducing that bullshit into this podcast. I'm pretty sure that's not the first time we've done it. <laughs> Probably not. Probably not. Probably not. But hey, we're back. Woo, we we're, survived. Yes, we're sorry we took a break on you. I got fired. <laughs> so it was like a whole thing. Like yeah. On the day we were going to record. Yeah. I had to send it. We were talking about the podcast and then the meeting happened. And then I just came back like maybe half an hour later to send Emily a message like, hey, actually, actually, I don't have a job anymore. I don't know if I can do this right yeah. now. It was, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Because I've been through that. I remember, like, walking out and being like, well, what the fuck am I supposed to do now? Yeah, for sure. Uh, that was bullshit. I'm sure a lot of people, a lot of listeners share that, like, you yeah. literally walk out of the space and you're like, one, yes, what the fuck am I going to do? For me, it was also, and I think a lot of people probably have this too, I never have to go in there again. Yes. That's oh, fucking God, rad. Yeah, I had that. Yeah. So at least there's that. Like, like my boss hated me, and she actively set me up so she could fire me. Cool. She was a bitch. And, like, that's the only solace, at least. Like, it's like, well, I never have to even look her in the face again. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of nice. Kinda nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. While I'm, you know, I'm sitting here, I still don't have a job. I'm not uh, freaking out about it yet, so we're fine. We're in, like, the sweet spot. Yeah. <laughs> it's chill. But, yeah, we are going to do a whole thing for you today. Like, a whole regular-ass thing. Whoa. I, I realize when I said whole thing, it might seem like we're doing something weird, but this time, no. I mean, it might be too soon to speak. You're that. right. It's, um... it's probably going to end up being weird, because I'm not sure we've done a not-weird one. I mean, I've got the herp derp in... My notes. The so, herp yeah. derp? The herp derp. Is, is this herpes? Stay tuned. Oh, God. <laughs> Ooh. We're doing the thing again where we set up the second story. Mm. <laughs> oh, that's right, because I am going first today. Yeah. You will, you might recognize this name. I'm not sure. You just like know random stuff. I do. So, like, I'm you a might. Trivia you... fount of knowledge. Yeah. About literally garbage. Who knows? And, you know, and if you don't recognize the name, you will definitely know what's up in, in a, a bit. minute. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, I went a little historical. I think you did too. Oh, I definitely went historical. So, this is fun. This is our non true crime episode yeah so we're doing i remember what we want. this time you guys i need you to be proud of me yeah <laughs> be so proud <laughs> i didn't I fuck this up <laughs> yes i also want to dedicate this to michael bubbers because a while ago he did say like hey do you guys ever do stories of just like people who just like survived a bunch of weird shit and it's not the way i interpreted his his comment was not they did something to survive. It's more just like they just happen to survive a bunch of stuff. Like, like a lightning rod. Yeah. That's, yeah. Where, that's where that episode came from. Yeah. So this is like that. So here you go, bubs. I hope you enjoy it. This is the story of Charles Lightholder. I want to say that it is pronounced that way. Light holler is what it looks like. But mm. he's British. Yeah. So I'm going to go with Lightholder. 
I don't really know. Charles. Charles. I am going to call him Charles, <laughs> so it's fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I call this first part an introductory course on not dying. So Charles Herbert Lytoller was born on May 30th, 1874 in Lancashire. Lancashire? Lancaster? No, it's Lanca oh. Lancashire. Ooh. British. So he was born in the Shire. He was born in the Shire. He He's is a, a hobbit. hobbit. <laughs> <laughs> Jinx. Um, yeah, right. What the fuck? Twin. Um, so his mother had uh, died of scarlet fever when he was a baby. And when he was 10, his father moved to Australia. And so Charles just was in the care of some distant relatives. That, that seems safe. Uh-huh. But, you know, it was also 1874. So, like, shit okay. happens. Yeah, that makes sense now. Yeah. I feel like a lot of... There's just, like, a lot of, like... Orphans, but by choice. <laughs> His dad was just like, I ain't cool here. I gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta go to the prison island. Yes. Do some shit. <laughs> um, and so Charles, uh, trying to avoid the like factory work that children would always have to do back then, Ew. decided he was going to become a sailor. Uh, Charles became a sailor at the age of 13 and spent most of his life like that. He took an apprenticeship on his first ship called the Primrose Hill. Now, it is important to note that this ship didn't sink. Now, oh, it's, God. Im it's important to note that because I swear to God, over half the ships Charles Lightholder stepped foot on over the course of his life had some shit happen to them. Uh-oh. So that one was fine. His next assignment was aboard the Holt Hill. On his first assignment there, his first trip... The ship ran aground, i.e. crashed, um, and was forced to do repairs in Rio de Janeiro. This was a shit time to end up in Rio de Janeiro because it was uh, just a bad time for Brazil in general. There was a violent revolution and um, a smallpox epidemic. Oof. So, um, Double every whammy. Yeah. But Charles was fine. They got the, re the repairs onto the ship, and they took a second voyage um, to India. And the Holt Hill there also ran aground, i.e. crashed. <laughs> <laughs> Again. And this it's time... subtle. Yes. It's, you know, mm, we say ran aground when what we mean is the shit done crashed we into ground. We tried to turn the boat into a car. <laughs> and and it, it didn't work. It just didn't work. I don't understand. <laughs> um, I, I'm pretty sure this was the same captain who did this twice. It doesn't mention, but it's just like, dude, <laughs> like, how are the fuck are you going to let this happen twice in two trips? Just in front of the captain panel, like, okay, so I know, <laughs> I know ships don't go on land. But hear me out. What if this one did? Because <laughs> like, this one's designed a little bit differently. And if we just have everyone row Oh yeah. Really fast. Yeah. Just keep rowing. Just the longest rowing. oars. Just the ever. longest oars in the world. <laughs> so they don't even have to go down below the deck. Right. To do weird no, things. No, you're up no, on the deck up. rowing just the longest someone's oars. Someone's in the crow's nest. <laughs> The, cr the crow's nest <laughs> is this really long stick that just steers in yep. the back. Yep. <laughs> we lost uh, many a good sailor to the crow's nest stick. We should <laughs> we should not sail. <laughs> Let's just say that right There's now. There's a reason I try to stay on land. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh. So this time they ran aground on a tiny little island called St. Paul. Uh, it was worse than before. 
This was not a ship that they could fix themselves at this point. So they were stuck on this little <laughs> island oh, for God. yeah for eight days. Um, this one also the uh, the I want to say the chief mate aboard the ship died in the crash. So Ooh. like it was kind of like a big old deal. Oh fuck. Yeah, so, but after eight days on this island, they were picked up by another ship and brought to Adelaide, Australia. Oh. At this point, like, I would be done with ships, I think. Like, he's ridden a total of three ships, and he's had two crashes. Yeah. He's 15 years old. He has, at this point, survived a shipwreck, a revolution, a smallpox epidemic. He has been stranded on an island. <laughs> like, I would be done with boats. <laughs> But Charles was fine, I guess. I mean, when you spend two whole years of your life in that time period, <laughs> yeah. already like committing to learning a trade. Yeah, at this point, you're like, kind of stuck. He's probably moving his way up, and yeah, and he, uh, his alternative is to go be a factory worker. So I guess he likes his fingers. Although <clears throat> I've yet to see if he gets to keep them because. Fishing and sailing accidents do happen. I'm sure sailors lose their fingers. get lost. A decent amount, yeah. That's how we have peg legs. Peg legs. Yeah. Eye patches. We assume all sailors are pirates. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, Charles is eventually taken from Australia back home to England. um, And he signs on, again, as crew for the Primrose Hill, which was his first ship. Okay. So he has a good track record with that ship. Yes. They have a successful voyage to India. Oh. So proving once again that the Primrose Hill is the only ship he that seems to be able to handle. Stayed on there. Having Charles aboard. <laughs> I just think he has like a bad luck demon just sort of following him around a little bit. Primrose Hill. And I was about to say that it's totally immune, but actually they were hit by a cyclone. It's just that it was fine. <laughs> Nobody died. They made it. They did deal with a cyclone, though. Just, it's fine. So, so, so Charles, with balls of steel, remains a sailor. He eventually gets promoted to second mate on his next voyage aboard the Knight of St. Michael. What happened was, as sometimes happens, apparently, on this ship's voyage, the cargo was coal and it caught fire and it nearly sunk the ship. But Charles, because he was like, oh, I done did this before, <laughs> uh, he had a big hand in putting out the fire. He saved the ship, and he was given uh, what is called a mate's ticket, which I think just means you are allowed to be, you are able to be a mate on a ship. Oh. Chief, first, second, third. Yeah, no more jumping around as crew. Right. Yeah, he can be kind of an officer now. Um, I do think, like, depending on the ship, there's a difference between a, a mate and an officer. More official yeah. ships have officers. Yeah. Either way. He doesn't have to swab the poop deck. Yes. Maybe. Um, <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> maybe the guy who swabs the poop deck is sick and he just has to take over. Sometimes I mean, he to seems to be a team player. So. Yeah. I mean, Charles is great. So at 21 years old, having survived more shit than most like seasoned sailors who have been doing this their whole lives, Charles is able to, he's a mate on ships. And so he decides to join the elder Dempster's. Don't know why it's called that. African Royal Mail Service, where he gets to go around on steamships and, like, deliver stuff, I guess. Hmm. Um, I'm is... assuming that is M-A-I-L and not M-A-L-E. <laughs> he does not deliver he, uh, himself. Is he delivering a package? <laughs> <laughs> I heard there were some lusty maidens. <laughs> I'm 
Are I'm you with the, the royal I've mail been looking service. For? <laughs> <laughs> no, as far as I know, the packages were not his own. Oh. I know, sad. Womp this would womp. be a very different story. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it is worth noting that he did this for three years without incident, except for the time that he almost died of malaria, like a really, really almost died, like was very close to dying of malaria, but didn't. <laughs> Vaccinate your children. See it for real. <laughs> I mean, okay, look, it's like 1890 by Vaccinate this point. Your children. <laughs> Still. <laughs> you almost killed Charles. Way back <laughs> when. Anti-vaxxers almost killed Charles. <laughs> God damn you, anti-vaxxers. You sons of bitches. How uh, dare you go back in time in your time machines. Yes. <laughs> and almost kill someone. So I can't even count now how many times he probably could have died and hasn't. It's like yeah. five. <laughs> like, yeah. Charles is clearly God's favorite. Maybe. <laughs> or he's least favorite, but he is like a proto-man, unkillable. Like, he just... We don't Damn, know. Damn, this hasn't worked yet. Yeah, we have no idea. We're taking bets. <laughs> Yo, yeah, God and Jesus and, like, a couple of the angels are just up there like, um, this time, though, has to be the one. Like, this has got to be it. If he doesn't die in this ship, I swear to God... I'm going to owe Satan like 40 bucks, and I can't afford to owe Satan any more money. You don't want to owe Satan money. That's Not all I know. after that Trojan horse mess. <laughs> <laughs> um, I should say, I said most of Charles's life was spent as a sailor. I did just want to throw this in real quick because I thought it was weird. Charles did stop being a sailor for like a little bit. Um, after he almost died of malaria, he went to Yukon during the Klondike gold rush, found no gold, <laughs> became a cowboy, rode the rails as a literal hobo across Canada, and eventually made his way back to England as a cattle wrangler on a cattle boat. So he just kind of was like on a journey for a while. Just maybe he didn't want to be a sailor. Maybe he wanted to be a cattle man. He just like went like the most indirect path. <laughs> Back to England. Yes. Like, on a boat. On a boat. The well, man. I mean, you got to get there yeah, somehow. But, but still, like, you can't <laughs> avoid boats, can you, my bud? You just got to. And a boat with cattle. I mean, yuck. Oof. And also, like, can you imagine being on a boat? Uh, it's got to be, a like, kind of a big deal of a boat to make the transatlantic yeah. trip. Yeah. And you used to be an officer. And now you're just a guy who makes the cows not go where they're not supposed to go. <laughs> like, I would feel shitty if I were him. Which, who knows, maybe that's why, when he got to England, totally destitute, penniless, he decides, fuck it, I guess I'll just, like, sail again. And he gets uh, a master's certificate. Oh. Which, I don't, I don't really know what that means, other than to tell people that you, like, officially do boats good. I assume. <laughs> I assume. Uh, if any listeners want to tell me what a master's certificate is, <laughs> that's totally cool. I figure it just means, yep. Boats. He's mastered the sea. Yes, he has mastered p the sea. He is the Poseidon. Um, <laughs> so, he signs on with White Star Line, which is kind of like a big-ass deal as far as, like, ships that go all across the world. Um, and so he, he takes up doing, um, like, a route between Britain, South Africa, and Australia. And he has no incidents. Oh, Good for you, Charles. Yeah, look at you go. Uh-huh. Eventually, he met and married a woman named Sylvia Holly Wilson from Australia. Oh. He spent several years hopping from ship to ship. He got promoted, doing what I assume was good work. You yeah. Know? He's, he's up to, like, you know, first mate in some places. 
And uh, he made it all the way up to first officer aboard the Oceanic by 1912. And it's all good. It's right. No more shipwrecks, no cyclones, malaria, fires, whatever. Maybe the curse is lifted. Mm. Emily is staring at me because I've said 1912. Mm-hmm. Charles Lightholder signed oh, on as first officer oh, aboard the Titanic in late March <laughs> 1912. <laughs> For anybody who can hear over Emily realizing what's happening, Charles is now the first officer aboard the Titanic. (laughs) I will say. Is that big spot the iceberg? No, okay, hold on. Okay. I do have to say, before the maiden voyage, like he did all the like tests as first officer. Before the maiden voyage, the captain, Captain Edward J. Smith, picked some rando as his chief officer, which moved everybody who had already been hired down a peg. So actually now he is the second officer. So the Titanic set sail on April 10th, 1912. You're giving me such a look and I just don't see the problem. Mm. (laughs) So four days later, Mm -hmm. it is April 14th, 1912. Charles came on duty as watchman at 6 p.m. His shift lasted until 10 p.m. At 7.35, Charles noted how quickly the temperature was dropping once the sun had set. It was a clear night with a bunch of stars, and the sea was, like, super calm. Really unusually calm. Around 8.55, Captain Smith arrived on the bridge and remarked to Charles about how cold it was. Huh, it's cold as fuck, huh? I'm going back inside, bye! Essentially, Charles wasn't overly alarmed, which is mostly because he didn't have all the information he should have had. Five separate ships earlier that day had sent the Titanic a warning saying, hey, ice, maybe, (laughs) basically. (laughs) Hey, Um, bitch. And not just like, and, and it wasn't like any of them passed by and saw the iceberg. It was that all of those ships had decided they were not going to sail. They were going to, you know, drop anchor, except it's a big ash. It, I forget what they call it, where they just don't move. Yeah. And they overnight. were also like trying to set a record. Yes. For speed. Mm-hmm. So they had alternate interests aside from, I almost said patient safety. God, I'm like in work <laughs> mode. Oh, uh, but passenger safety. passenger safety. Yeah. But yes. So like the Titanic is trying to set a record and the other ships are like, hey, maybe don't because here's the thing. The sea is really calm. So you can't see the reason why that sucks is because then you can't see like the white waves breaking around yeah. an iceberg if the sea is not wavy. Um, so maybe don't. Also, it's cold as balls. Also, just like maybe wait. Also nighttime. <laughs> also nighttime. So just do it in the day. We don't We're have... all going to do it in the day. <laughs> This includes the Oceanic, by the way, which yeah. Charles used to be on. <laughs> so, no worries. Um, but Charles doesn't know that. No. Only one of those warnings was posted for the officers to see. They did a really good job of keeping it quiet. Uh-huh. So, Charles believed that everything was probably fine, and also that the stars, because there were so many, uh, that the iceberg, any icebergs, would be illuminated hmm. and easy to see. The captain left the bridge. After half an hour, even though it was noted on all the websites I found about this incident that this was the most crucial and dangerous part of the voyage, he was just like, I'm going to dip it cold. Mm-hmm. He told Charles, if in the slightest degree doubtful, let me know. 
After the captain left, Charles notified the crow's nest to keep a sharp lookout for small ice and to pass the message on to any subsequent watches. So anybody coming in after him, anybody so coming in So we're going to play telephone later, yes. about ice watch. But it's really all he can do. He's yeah. not in the crow's nest. He just has to be like, hey, you know, maybe icebergs don't maybe. fuck this up. I don't know. Somebody said something about some right. frozen water. Ouchies. <laughs> you know, ouchies. Pretty sure ouchies. <laughs> <laughs> so nothing happened on Charles's watch. Good. He was a good boy and he did what he was supposed to do, essentially, mm-hmm. with the information that he had. At 10 p.m., he was relieved by First Officer Murdoch. Ah. Uh, yes, the guy who took over as yes. First Officer. When they set off, and then he set off, Charles set off on his regular rounds of the ship, that, which is like a mile of deck. Like, you've got to go up and down all these stairs and shit, so it's tiring. He gets back to his quarters, puts his PJs on, and he gets into bed, and he is nodding off at 11.40 when he hears a grinding and scraping noise across the ship. He runs up to the deck, still in his PJs, and finds the third officer, Herbert Pittman. And they both were like, well, clearly we hit something, but nobody seems upset. It's weirdly calm. They must have it under control. We're going to go back to our quarters, put our regular clothes on, and wait for orders. So they do that. And it wasn't until fourth officer Box, I don't know his first name, Ran into Charles's cabin and said, the water is up to F deck in the mailroom. That Charles was like, oh, hey, this is a problem. (laughs) This is a problem. We really did goddamn hit something. (laughs) Oh, shit. Yeah. So Charles took command of the even-numbered lifeboats on the port side and began loading women and children. It was a nightmare because the Titanic was going full steam Hmm. when it hit. And so it was releasing all that steam through every valve ava- available all over the ship so nobody could hear what he was saying. Yeah. So he ended up having to use hand signals until the steam stopped. And the first lifeboat, number four, that he tried to load, they couldn't get to it from the A-deck windows because they were locked and they weren't supposed to be. We all know about the Titanic not having the proper safety precautions. They also locked the Irish down yeah. below. Everything I'm about to like, tell you is about people on first and second yeah, deck. Yeah, no. Everyone <laughs> else was fucked. Uh-huh. Did not give shits. So, by 2 a.m., every regular lifeboat had been lowered full of women and children, like, full to the gills. Like, every lifeboat had more women and children than the last. Just yeah. shoving them in. Um, And these are all from first and second deck, again. Yeah. Second everyone deck else women just happened. Fucked. Yes, everyone else dead. Um, Charles even had to brandish an unloaded gun to force some men who were trying to take one of the lifeboats. <laughs> like, ah, ah, fuck you. There are still women and children. Yeah. Um, he allowed one man aboard the boats because he realized there wasn't, there were no seafaring people on one of the lifeboats. He was like, who the fuck knows how to do a boat? And one guy was like, I have a yacht. And he was like, good enough. Get in there. (laughs) Okay, cool. Thanks. Yeah. That was the one time. Otherwise, all women and children. Um, At one point, let me see. The deck, a deck is flooding by this point. The band is playing. Yes. The band is is playing. I don't even know where the captain is, but he's around. (laughs) Um, (laughs) The officers find four remaining collapsible lifeboats. So they start trying to hook those up. They allow men um, only when no more women can be found. 
Which is kind of because then they'd find some more women and the men step aside. Yeah. It's kind of nice. But then some men do throw themselves onto the boat as it is being lowered. So, you know, whatever. I get you not wanting to die. (laughs) But, like, still. So they lower one of those boats just fine. The first officer, Wild, tells Charles to get aboard that boat. And Charles says, not damn likely. Which is kind of (laughs) fun. So... Charles goes up and tries to free one of the other collapsible lifeboats, which sort of sits weirdly above the officer's quarters. They just kept him where they could, I guess. Yeah. So he had a hard time releasing that, getting it, like flipping it over, shoving it off. Um, There was a whole lot wrong with the safety precautions for the Titanic. Well, they believe the ship was unsinkable, so why would you care about what the lifeboats are doing? Yeah. It's crazy they even had four extra collapsible ones. Yeah. So as he is doing this... The Titanic pitches forward and sends Charles diving into the ocean. Womp. He tries to swim free. No. And, okay. Like, <laughs> I stopped. I stopped <laughs> writing and I just started writing in all caps. Okay, sorry, but pause because this shit is nuts. <laughs> it's nuts. Charles tries to swim free of the ship, but he is sucked against the grating of one of the large ventilator shafts that are, you know, like, it's taken down with the ship. It sucks yeah. all the water into yeah. it. That's definitely how you die. Yeah. You get sucked to the edge of the ship. You can't get free. You can't get out. And yeah. But at that moment, Mm. the water, as the ship is going down, hits the still hot boilers. And there is an explosion outward of water. Oh. That pushes Charles to the surface. And just, just fine, by the way. Not injured. Just fine. Just at the right moment, just... So, did he do, like, an aerial move? I have no idea. I don't know when. <laughs> I don't know how. Like, he's twirling he's and twirling waving his, his arms. flowing. His beautiful red hair. <laughs> he's got a shell bra somehow. Yeah. Just for a second. Over his life jacket. Maybe he was delusional enough to think some of that was happening. Who knows? Uh, maybe. So, when he looks around, he's at the surface of the water, and he sees right next to him... The collapsible lifeboat that he had been working to free. (laughs) It is capsized. It's upside down, but it's floating. So he just grabs onto it, as do 30 other people who are in a similar predicament. Probably not exactly the same. That's a once in a lifetime kind of shit. So they cling to this boat as they watch the Titanic sink. This is a quote. And then he's holding onto someone's hand. Yes. And And he he lets them go. I'll never let go. And he lets them go. (laughs) All right. Yeah. I see you, Rose. <laughs> yeah. uh, Rose was based on Charles Lightoller. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a quote. I thought it was cool because it's like a first-hand account of like what it looked like. Mm-hmm. Up to that moment, she, the Titanic, had stood out as clear as clear with her rows of electric lights all burning. When the boilers broke away, she was, of course, plunged into absolute darkness, though her huge black outline was still perfectly distinct against the stars and sky. Slowly, she reared up on one end till, at last, she was absolutely perpendicular. Then, quite quietly, but quicker and quicker, she seemed to just slide away under the surface and disappear. As she vanished, everyone around me on the upturned boat, as though they could hardly believe it, just said, She's gone. Charles waited until dawn, all 30 of those people in the water, until dawn, for, uh, with the rest of the floaters for rescue to arrive. One of those five ships that was like, oh, y'all are dumb. 
three men hanging onto the side of the boat with him died that night. Yeah. But not Charles. It's cold. It's cold as fuck. But not Charles. <laughs> Charles is unkillable. He's made of hardier stuff. <laughs> yes. Charles Lightholder was the most senior officer to survive the sinking of the Titanic. Nobody fuck. above him survived. Which means that when he made it back to England, he was called to defend White Star Line. And the actions of his captain and the actions of his first officer. No. And he felt he, he felt, I will say, he felt he had to at that point. Yeah. But in 1936, he recanted everything he said. He was like, no, there were no binoculars in the crow's nest. <laughs> like, we shouldn't have been moving. We shouldn't have been moving that fast. We shouldn't have been moving at all. Like, yeah. it was too calm. It was too dark. Like, there was no reason for this. The warnings had been issued. Yes. Like, knowing what he knew it later and, like, no longer working for them, I think. He was just yeah. like, nah, nah, Fuck nah, it. nah. Yeah. But at the time, he very adequately defended the actions of the crew. Continued working for them is the thing. Because, like, that's my thing. You get, you survived the Titanic after you survived a bunch of other shit on boats. And then your ass just turns around and gets on the Oceanic. <laughs> like, Sure. You're not afraid of boats at all? Just like a little bit? Afraid of the open ocean? Afraid of something you're going to run into? I'd be like putting my name on one of the lifeboats. Being like, this bitch is mine. Yeah, right? No one else's. I'm going to sprawl across it like a starfish. Literally (laughs) mine. She's all mine. So this is quick. But I do just want to note. That after surviving all of that, all those shipwrecks, all that scary, awful bullshit, he does get back on the RMS Oceanic, which very swiftly became the HMS Oceanic later that year in 1913 when World War I broke out. Do you think that Charles survived World War I, Em? No. Yeah, he did. Damn. <laughs> yeah, he fucking did. Um, he How? He... <laughs> He was even eventually given his own command of a river-class destroyer, the HMS Gary. He took down U-boats and shit. Like, and that was actually, there was a big scandal because, like, he took down some U-boats and then he fired on the people in the water. And you're not supposed to do that. But you're he was not. like, he was like, fuck U-boats. They've been taking down our merchant ships. Yeah. I don't give a shit. Those yeah. are, like, civilians. They were going after yeah. everyone and anyone. Yeah. So, and he was not court-martialed. They were like, no, 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 we ain't going to do that. Like, like, no, okay, you know what? We're going to slap you on the hand and be like, hey. He was killing Nazis. Maybe I'm don't. sorry. <laughs> maybe don't. Maybe don't punch him in the face with a torpedo, but like. Yes. Also, I'm not mad. <laughs> right. So, I mean, he is largely heralded as a hero of World yeah. War One. He eventually does retire because once the war ends, he realizes that the Titanic put a black mark on his name the way it did with everybody who survived who worked there. That's just the way it is. Even if, like, you had good reasons for what you did as a person, it's still just like, no one wants to hire you. You were on the Titanic. So, he retires. And he doesn't, like, give up on the sea or anything. He buys his own private motor yacht. Oh, fuck. And he just fucking chilled. Okay. Until 1940. (laughs) 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 It's World War II. Charles, his son, and another young seaman used... God damn it. I know I was like going to do it, and then I was going to get past it, and then I couldn't. <laughs> they used Charles's personal yacht, 
the sundowner. Sundown! You better take care. <laughs> exactly. Right, to, to help with the Dunkirk evacuation. Oh my god. <laughs> he loaded 127 servicemen on a boat meant for 21 people. And... As he's driving the boat and his son is describing evasive maneuvers because he is a soldier. So he he is able to avoid gunfire from enemy aircraft to get all of these dudes out. He did that and he didn't die. His son did die later in the war. He didn't die. He will never die. Except that is not true. (laughs) (laughs) I do just want to say real quick. You hyped yourself up real good there. I know. (laughs) And then I and then I like read it and I was like, oh yeah. Um, I do just want to say that the uh the movie Dunkirk that came out in 2017, his actions are a are the inspiration for a character named Mr. Dawson. So Mm -hmm. I am gonna watch that movie. (laughs) I need I still want to watch that movie. I mean, I heard it was really good. Yeah. I just haven't seen it yet. I haven't had a chance. But now when we watch it, we gotta watch for Mr. Dawson. Yeah. On a yacht. Just like killing it. (laughs) I'm on a yacht, bitch. I got my nautical theme, Pasmina Afghan. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so, after all that, all that shit. He was done in by syphilis. <laughs> I, man, it's like <laughs> even just like, it's just even more mundane than that. Oh, God. Charles Lightholder died of chronic heart disease on December 8th, 1952, during London's Great Smog. The sea couldn't kill him. But smog could. Cyclones, malaria, shipwrecks, icebergs, frigid waters, literal fucking bullets whizzing by his stupid fucking head couldn't kill him. But yeah, some smog and just having like a mad heart will eventually do people in. But that, that is the story of the unkillable Charles Lightholder. Wow. I'm I'm very proud of him. Wow. He's a good dude. Fuck. That took a really long time to put together, too. I bet. There's just like a lot there. Yeah. So yeah. That's our boy. I'm gonna put him to me in my heart on par with Salvador. Aww. Yeah. Good good ship boys. Good good ship boys. I'm so excited to hear about what you have for us. In a really weird mood. I mean, uh, I've finished more than half a mason jar of wine kind of mood. <laughs> yeah, that'll do it. All right, so. I'm like, <laughs> I'm settling in. I could tell. I was originally going to do the New Mexico prison riots. Oh, my God. But I thought we might want something for this episode that was a little bit lighter than like actual torture and dismemberment and oh really did you think maybe because i don't know that sounds like our thing i mean i'm gonna save that for a later episode okay because i have like half the research done oh fab (laughs) it was just very heavy (laughs) legit it was a lot sometimes we aren't even in the mood to be reading that shit yeah so it was brutal it's chill so instead i'm going to talk about jamestown Jamestown, okay. Not to be confused with Jonestown. Not to be at all confused with Jonestown. (laughs) Although both do involve poison. Tell me more. I will. Ooh! So, 
I'm not going to focus on the John Smith Pocahontas aspect of Jamestown because that is right an actual historical thing. Yeah. Um, mainly because it is its own sad story. It super is. It, it super is. Um, so if you aren't familiar with it, I would recommend Googling it. It's V-Sad. Disney I... lied. Disney <laughs> always lied. Like, we know that. hardcore lied about this one. Yeah. And Wasn't then they she even like tried 12? again. Yeah, she was like 12. She doesn't actually marry John Smith. She marries John Rolfe, yes, if I recall. who will recall. be coming up. Oh, really? Yes. I, he... All I know about him is tobacco. Yes. <laughs> That's all I remember. Yes. <laughs> but she does marry John Rolfe. She does go to England. Uh-huh. And she does die. Oh, baby. Because <laughs> she gets real sick. Oh, no. Oh, because... Because she went to England. Because we used to live in filth over there. Yes. And, and it was disgusting. Like, I don't have the amenities for any of this. What the fuck? <laughs> why do you, just, why do you yeah. just throw shit in the streets? Yeah, you know, like you do. Uh-huh. All right. So we're at the beginning of the 17th century. Mm-hmm. Always a good time. Oh, wait. <laughs> England was behind in terms of like nations that were settling colonies in the Americas. Spain, as we know, controlled a whole bunch, especially in the South and in Central America and Mexico and parts of the Caribbean and a tiny settlement in Florida. Hmm. The Spanish were also kind of slowly going out into the American Southwest while the French were up in Canada setting up for fur trading and Sure, do do what they do. Yeah. Yeah. So England was like, damn. (laughs) Where are we gonna go? We gotta get in on this. Yeah. We gotta get in on the ground floor of this whole America thing. Oof. (laughs) So in the sixteenth century they did try with the Roanoke colony. Oh. Not to be confused with American horror story yeah, Roanoke. Right. Although I feel like these could be tied together. I'm pretty like because Roanoke, like as a word, comes up in like things. Yeah. Sometimes and you just it just sort of has like a bad feeling to it. It should because it didn't go so good. No, right? this entire colony ended in disaster. The colonists disappeared and were never heard from again. I think <laughs> like gone. I think they all threw themselves into the fucking ocean because nobody cared that they were dying <laughs> and had so, no way of living on the land. A historian was like, okay, they probably like found themselves in the Outer Banks area of North Carolina and like found a colony of indigenous people to live with. Mm-hmm. But I also really like the idea that they just kind of disappeared into the night. Yeah. Waiting to haunt you for just, the rest of time. They just walk into the trees and bushes in a trance. Yeah. Where they allow themselves With to fire. perish and become ghosts. Yeah. Cool. Into it. So, <laughs> first section. Because I have this broken up into sections because one of the times is actually, like, in the historical references. Mm-hmm. So, we're starting with the Settlin' times. Oh, those Settlin' times. Yeah. Ooh. Ain't no G's here. Mm, no. <laughs> it's the settling time. Settling. <laughs> so Jamestown was named so because it had the blessing of England's King James I. Oh, weird. And it was settled near the James River, 
which was named in his honor. Look, y'all don't have to. He's not there. You can call it whatever you want. You could call it Fuck River. <laughs> <laughs> you could call it Getting It Town. They probably should have, because I'll get to that oh, good. later. Um, so it was, however, financed and run by the Virginia Company. Uh-huh. This company was financed by private investors who were expecting the colonists to make them money by either finding valuable commodities or that that unattainable route to East Asia oh, that of everyone course. was hunting for. Uh-huh. The spices. Yeah. Just give us the pepper, please. Yeah. <laughs> Which would then give them a profitable enterprise. Sure. And return their investment. Mm-hmm. They had also hoped that some of those missing Roanoke colonists had descendants that were still alive because they like went off into the woods and breeded. Sure. They're just hoping to find They're some. They're just hoping to find some. On the off chance. Just maybe that would still be around or would have. That looks like a white boy. Yeah. Sure. You know, that could help them. And how grow corn? Tell them how to get to East Asia. <laughs> yeah, yo, yeah, we figured it out. If you just take this river about yeah. five more miles, yeah. you're there. Oh, you're there. You're there. <laughs> now, I can hate people. Here's the thing about the Virginia Company. They were very focused on getting their money's worth. Oh, they didn't actually really care about the quality of the land they told them to settle on, as long as it hit all of the structural things they wanted. So we're talking early to mid-stage capitalism. Yes. Cool. Capitalism for beginners. Oh. So they had them build on a, quote, disease-ridden, bug-infested, swampy land with no source of fresh water. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. Sounds like Florida. But it was chosen. It's surprisingly not Florida. That is surprising. <laughs> It was chosen because, A, the land wasn't occupied by any of the native people. Yeah, because it's unlivable anyway. And also it had, like, the points of water that it needed to be a good harbor for ships and okay. easy transport of the goods that they find from East Asia. <laughs> you know. Man, they are still, they're really banking on that East Asia shit. Yeah. <laughs> so the English landed there in 1607 in May. And they split into three groups. And this was mostly, this was all men and boys. There were mm. no women in this group. Whoa. Okay. First mistake. I mean, technically second mistake because the land was the first mistake. <laughs> okay. Second mistake. Let's keep track on our fingers. I One got One group was building their fortifications mm -hmm. and a storehouse. And then also some simple houses for them to live in. The second group was set up to plant crops. And the third group was set to explore for minerals. And can you guess what else they were told to look for? Gold. No, I have no idea. <laughs> the passage to East Asia. Oh, my God. Look, okay, look, okay. So, fine. <laughs> tag yourself in this. I'm on the hunt for the path to East Asia by way of Kentucky. Oh, 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 oh. I'm going to try to plant stuff. Okay. Because I'm like to think that I'd be like, that sounds dumb. I get to not move as much. I'll go here. <laughs> Tag yourself, everyone. Yeah. Let us know. <laughs> Which group would Are you, you be Are you on in? the hunt for East Asia? 
still it's 2018 still don't know where that shit is listen maps are hard <laughs> the earth is flat you know yeah <laughs> do we have flat earth listeners oh I god i hope not that. i really hope please not. tell us please, please don't please okay. let us live in beautiful ignorance i refuse oh god <laughs> go on so it didn't take long before the colonists hit a spot of trouble Ooh, a spot of trouble, you say? Within a few weeks, a force of several hundred Powhatan Native Americans attacked the settlement. Yeah, uh, uh-huh. They, as the colonists, hadn't even unpacked their muskets yet. They were like, oh, we got to build, we got to plant, we got to hunt. Like, we got this. That seems They told decent. us there's nothing around. That's a different type of people where they're like, like, get the weapons is like the last thing they think. Yeah, I feel like so, Americans now, not so much. Oh, no. So they relied on naval gunfire from the ships that were still hanging out on the coast. Sure. To fight them off. Fun. So within the next few weeks after that, they, they really like dove into building their fort and being like, okay. Okay, we need to protect ourselves. And it was a triangular palisade. That sounds just lovely. A triangular fence. <laughs> Did they call it a palisade? Yes. Mm-hmm. With three bulwarks. Okay. Which, for anyone who doesn't know, it's like a parapet. Okay, do you... <laughs> Do you want to tell people what a parapet is, then? It's basically a raised platform on which they could place their cannons and have people watch. Smart. You know. So they got a fence. They got a fence. And they got a <laughs> table. A tall table. They have a they tall, a table. tall <laughs> table. For their large guns. Cool. To go cool, boom, cool. boom. <laughs> well, their boom, boom guns are pretty impressive. The tall table, I'm not sure. <laughs> so... As if things weren't already going horribly. Mm -hmm. Suddenly, people start dying. What? Of the 104 men and boys who landed, only 38 were still alive oh, by my January God. of 1608. Is this because of starvation? They or were like... drinking the water oh, no. from the river, which... Was very salty and slimy. <laughs> Ew. Uh, uh, slimy. And, uh. Yeah, it was one of several things that caused the death of many, as research showed, because it contained arsenic. Wait. <laughs> there was arsenic in the water. Wait. <laughs> Is there... A, okay, I'm showing my ignorance... Is there like a plant that would be releasing arsenic into the water? I don't know if it's necessarily plants. Or I think some fish have arsenic. Or there's some natural minerals. Oh, sure. Because it's, it's uh, not fresh water. It's stagnant. Yeah. Ew. Yeah. Ew. First of all, idiots. Yeah. Like, find some water. Find some not stagnant pools of gross, slimy pond water. It's probably got scum all over it. What are you doing? Yeah, the other downside <laughs> of scummy, gross, nasty water... Especially if you have waste that you're getting rid of and you're not throwing it into fresh water. <laughs> Are they throwing their own waste into the water that they're drinking? That I don't know, but a lot of people died of dysentery. So, yes. <laughs> <laughs> a 
also called flux. Nobody told white people <laughs> you cannot shit where you drink. And it took them hundreds of years Literally hundreds to of figure years it to out. Figure that shit out. Took them past the Oregon Trail to figure it out. Anyway, yeah, go on. So, um, here's a quote. Our men were destroyed with cruel diseases as swelling, fluxes, burning fevers, and by wars. And some departed suddenly, but for the most part, they died of mere famine. So that was George Percy, who was one of the survivors. And this was something that he wrote in a report back to England about the colony. We fucked. Yeah. Stop. <laughs> we fucked. Stop. I ate my shit today. Stop. <laughs> I drank my mom's piss today. Stop. No. Sorry, there, Percy. <laughs> the rest of his quote. There were never Englishmen left in a foreign country in such misery as we were in this new discovered Virginia. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Y'all were, we were like sacrificial lambs. They didn't Basically. care. They were yeah. like, we need a path to East Asia. Go. Go. See what it is. Go. We don't know. We won't send you enough food and we, all of that. We don't even know how big it is over there. We think East Asia is like two just miles. Hop, skip it, and jump. Just, just. It'll take a couple of days. Stop being such pussies. Yes. So if it hadn't been for the Powhatan tribe helping them in the beginning, mm -hmm. that settlement would have absolutely failed. They all would have died of dysentery. No one would have made it to Oregon. Right. Nobody would have gotten pancakes. Like, that's Nobody. it. So, in the first year, the bodies were buried in unmarked graves. Because they really wanted to prevent the natives from finding out how many of their settlers had died. Oh, okay. They I thought it was... to keep that quiet. That's smart. I thought it was literally just, we are tired. We no. are dying. I'm not going to spend the time to eulogize the dead. No, because, like, at first they were like, okay, we need to keep this quiet. And then shit got worse. Mm -mm. <laughs> so a recent excavation team, like, within the last, like, 10 years, led by William Kelso, who is not only a doctor, but the director of archaeology for the Jamestown Rediscovery at Historic Jamestown. Oh, so that guy from that 70s show really got his mm. shit together. That's cool. I mean, yeah, you know. They'd found 29 burial shafts close to the West Palisade Wall. Oh! Inside the fort. Okay, so next to the tall table. Yes. Inside the fence. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so they figured that the colonists had likely resorted to like double burials at that point. You just because stack your bodies were on dying top. dying so fucking yeah, fast. Yeah, dude. All right, so now. We're on to the starving time. Oh, good. So before it was just the shitting liquid time. Yes. And now it's the starving time. Starving times. time. So the colony had been resupplied and they brought more people mm -hmm. to replenish the dead people. What happened to Percy's letter? Did they seriously read that and go, so more people are So the more people, we need to replenish the stock. Okay, because we haven't found East Asia yet. Just throw more spaghetti so just... at the wall. <laughs> this is so stupid. Find me the spices. <laughs> so they arrived January of 1608. 
So when they're down to very few people, <laughs> there's like ten people half. just like hi. I think like I think I said like thirty eight people out of the hundred and four or hundred and six they started with. Christ. So they hit another really bad winter from 1609 to 1610, which was Uh, literally known as the starving time. uh Uh-huh. By this time, John Smith, who had kind of been in charge, hadn't been doing a great job. He had been forced to leave due to gunpowder injuries. Wait, like he left? Yeah. He went back home? He's gone. Like at the end of Pocahontas. He gets shot and they make him just go, bye-bye. Bye. Okay. So the colony has a new governor. Governor? Thomas Gates. Okay. There's just one problem. Thomas Gates was shipwrecked on the way to Jamestown on the island of Bermuda. Man, I wish I could say it's weird we hadn't figured out sailing by then, but... um... (laughs) Uh, my, my man was several hundred years after, and uh, we still hadn't figured out sailing. So, so he was shipwrecked along with a group of people and all of the supplies they were bringing to try and prep for winter. I hope it's just a lot of dried meats, so pickled eggs, <laughs> pickled lots of. Pickled and salted and dried. Uh Lots of things. So, womp womp, Jamestown has a few issues afoot. A womp. Something else that didn't help. Mm -hmm. Literally the residents of Jamestown. Do they just suck generally? They didn't help themselves out at all. They kind of like repaired the relationship with the Powhatan tribe. Like, and then they fucked it. What? They demanded way too much food during a drought. Like, they oh. were aggressively pushy about it. Mm-hmm. No, that's not good. So, the, the tribe was like, no. No, we're not good anymore. We're not okay. Uh-huh. Y'all are going down. So, during the starving time, they were scared to leave their fort. Because there was a legitimate fear of being killed by the Powhatan Native Americans. Because there was definitely a siege going on around them. <laughs> so there's just so they're Native starving, Americans all around. They're being attacked constantly. So when they ran out of food. Quote. This is a quote from our good, good Percy. They fed upon horses and other beasts as long as they lasted. Hey, Emily, we were... is there cannibalism in this story? <laughs> Emily? Emily? We were glad to make shift <laughs> with vermin as dogs, cats, rats, and mice. Not the cats. Come oh, on. yeah, the cats. Monsters. So then they also were eating their boots, their shoes. Sure, leather. Leather. Um, And as recent archaeological evidence confirms from 2013, some colonists did resort to cannibalism to survive. Emily, there's cannibalism in this story, and you didn't say anything about it until just now. Surprise! (laughs) Surprise, cannibalism is the worst kind of cannibalism. Yeah, you just don't see that coming. (laughs) No, you 
don't, because your friend Fred just hits you over the head. And the next thing you know, he's eating uh, your thigh. So speaking of being hit and over not the in head. a sexy way. Anyway, go <laughs> on. <laughs> So speaking of being hit over the head, uh-huh. they did find the remains of a body that had been in the refuse dump that had been containing horse and dog bones. They found human bones. Uh-huh. From the state of her molars, they guess she's about 14 years old. And the isotopes in her blood or in her bones indicated that she had eaten a high protein diet so she was probably not a maidservant, but the daughter of a gentleman. Because in that hundred that was brought over, there were some women. Oh, the new hundred. The new hundred. Okay. Wow. And they ate like the daughter of a gentleman. They, wow. Here's the thing, though. Their guess is she had already died of something else. Sure. And they... Like, there were hesitation marks on her skull before it was shattered, and they think they ate her brain. Woof. Yeah. So, okay. But, like, that makes the most sense that she was already dead. Yes, she was already dead. But, like, fresh so enough like, that they were like, we gotta kill do. her. Mm-hmm. Necessarily, they can't say that for sure, though. Sure. It's unlikely, though. There were other blows to her head, including to the back of her skull, so... Hmm. Well, and also, like, who ate her? Is it some of the lower people, maybe, that were like, that one? She's well, weak. Like, she's, you know, they think they're better than us. Let's just get her. Here's the thing. There were five different accounts, including an account from Percy, talking about cannibalism. Oh, shit. Saying, like, we did what we had to do. Uh-huh. And we did, like, unspeakable things. At this point, we've read enough of these things where it's like, uh-huh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. dude. We did that on the, like, Oregon Trail. Like, we did that yeah. on, like, we do that. Yeah. This, it would be weird yeah. to me if they yes. didn't resort to this. All right. So. So, May of 1610. Thomas Gates. Remember that governor that had shipwrecked? Oh, yeah, governor. He's still alive. Oh, shit. I just want to, like, insert that American Horror Story meme. Like, huh, bet you thought you'd seen the last of me. <laughs> he spins around in a red dress walking into <laughs> Jamestown. Um, so I choose to believe this. He made his way from Bermuda to the colony on a makeshift ship that was made partly from wood they found on Bermuda. When they got to Jamestown, there were only 60 people left. And they sent like a bunch of more people. They sent an extra hundred. So there were like 138 people Mm -hmm. approximately when the ships went down. So, and then half of them. So half of a little over half of them are dead now. Woof. And he gave the immediate order to abandon Jamestown. He's like, Nope. We're done. He's already Get on seen my some shit. ship. Uh huh. This isn't happening. You all look like garbage. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! I can't imagine walking in and being like, "Oh look, the skeletal remains of the people who have survived this horrible time." Yeah, no, I'm not running this. 
and there were like apparently bones <clears throat> everywhere, just like carcasses, and like just the smell had to be horrendous. Woof! No, yuck! So, and for somebody from England, yeah, already pretty horrendous yeah. smells over there. If they're like, this we gotta worse. go. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's a bad sign. <laughs> so he gave the order to abandon it, but they decided not to burn it down. Okay. So as they set out to sea, they encountered a fleet led by Lord Delaware. Oh. Okay. If you can guess what his name gets used for. Oh, you know what? I'm not sure. Ohio. (laughs) Oh. Oh. Yeah. Ohio. Yeah. Yeah. Um, He had fresh supplies and more colonists. Are you fucking kidding me? And they go back to Jamestown. And repair the fort. Wait, they do, yeah. Do they convince the other ship to go? Yeah. No. Yeah. The people on the the uh-huh. ship leaving must be like, no, no, no. We just, yeah. we just got out yeah. of there. So they they go back. Delaware's men sweep all of the bones and the carcasses out of the fort <laughs> yeah, sure. into that refuse pit that they dig they dig up later. No. And uh, get back to it. Oh, God. One, two, skip a few. It's 1612. Two years later, is that it? Yeah. Okay. John Rolfe. Hello, John Rolfe. Who was also one of the people shipwrecked in Bermuda. Comes back and is like, hey, I've got a thing. Is it tobacco? It's tobacco. Yes! (laughs) So it becomes... Their cash money flow source. And the Virginia company is all of a sudden like, oh, oh, look at you guys go. All right, we're interested again. Mm-hmm. So July 30th, 1619, they're doing well. Sure. Governor Yeardley finally starts to make the calls. He's like, all right, we need our representative for our legislative assembly. All of this, like, we're we're actually established now. We have money flowing we have crops, we have homes, like, we're settled enough that we can actually, like, start sending someone to assembly and sure, doing all the things we need to do. Uh, they also started bringing over slaves. Oh, man, that was fast. Yeah. Man, y'all are like, oh, we're not dying now, so we but do need people to do our work for us. farming is really hard. Uh-huh. Fuck so, all y'all. So they have slaves brought over. They also bring over 100 women specifically to start families. Yeah. Um, y'all know you are going just to fuck, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Because they had been slowly bringing women over, but, like, this was, like, all. Just, like, nope. It's time. We these need to are, make the babies. These are the childbearing women. Ooh. That's creepy. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I just can't imagine stepping off that boat as one of those women and having just like hungry eyes turned towards you. And you're like, okay, I wish I hadn't done that. Okay. Oh, I regret this already. All right, it's fine. <laughs> so peace between the Poetan Native Americans and the English, which had originally been brought about by the conversion and marriage of Pocahontas. Who okay. Fun fact, had actually been kidnapped by the English in 1613, which is why that all started. Um, <laughs> yeah, so she married John Rolfe in 1614, mm. two years after he was like, tobacco! 
Right. But that peace ended in 1622. Okay. So they get eight years. Yeah. I mean, Pocahontas dies in like 1617. So it's like still a good track record after that of like, okay, all right, we're doing okay. Mm -hmm. Well, March of that year, the paramount chief then, Chief Opa Chancano, decided enough was enough. He made a coordinated attack against the English because he was sick of them encroaching on their lands. Sure. Because they were bringing a lot more people in, so they Mm -hmm. started expanding. Tobacco fields. Tobacco fields. Quarters for the slaves to live in. Mm -hmm. All of those women. Everyone needing houses because nobody wants to hear that nasty shit. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right, right. During the attack... 350 to 400 of the 1,200 settlers were killed. So, Jesus. a third to a fourth of the settlers, damn, dead. That's a, that's a well-executed attack, I will yeah. say. So, after the attack, the Powhatan tribe withdrew, as they, like, always had. Mm-hmm. And they're like, I fucking hope you learned your lesson. Get the fuck off my land. They're not there to decimate. No. They're just there to be like, okay, do you, you get, get it? it now? You get it? We could wipe you We're out. We're better than you. Stop it. Yeah. Well, they didn't learn their lesson. Mm, Instead, shocking. they retaliated. Oh, good. And the fighting went on for 10 years. Oh. Until uh, peace. Uh, sure was achieved in 1632 until they both went we're tired we're tired yeah. <laughs> we can't make enough babies fast enough to replenish what we're losing right so it's not that we like you now it's just ugh, right so things change in 1624 because the virginia company's charter was revoked by king james <laughs> due to overwhelming financial problems Because they they never found the fucking spices. Yeah. (laughs) They put all their money in finding the path to East Asia. Of course. And they hadn't gotten there. Dummies. Dum, dum, dummies. So Virginia became a royal colony. And it remained that way until the Revolutionary War. Yes. So the shift in control of the land didn't change how the English felt about the Powhatan Native Americans. So despite there being peace declared, remember I said it was like, yay, mm-hmm. peace, they were still spreading out. They were like, oh, we like this little bit of land, and this little bit of land, and this little bit of land. You motherfuckers. So in April of 1644, another coordinated attack was launched, <laughs> which resulted in the deaths of another 350 to 400 Dang. of their now 8,000 settlers. Okay, okay. So it's less, less of an impact, but still a lot of people. Yeah. You would not like, you would not just forget about that. No, <laughs> regardless they didn't. of what percentage. They yeah. didn't. Because then in 1646, the chief of the Poetown tribe was taken captive. Oh, shit. And was shot in the back by a guard against orders. Oh, shit. And killed. So his death. Brought an eventual end, basically, to the Poetan chiefdom. Like, there was nobody to take over for him. He had a successor, but it was never going to be the same. Okay. And they were basically reduced to a tributary status. 
and basically had to submit to England. Shit. And that's when they signed their first treaties with the English, which made the Powhatan Native Americans English subjects. Which then Blows. had to pay their dues to the English. Like, every year they had, like, their little taxes. They paid in, like, fish and other resources mm-hmm. every year. Yeah, awful. Fucking yeah. bullshit. So after that, there was the Bacon Rebellion. Oh, sure. Francis Bacon. Yeah, that asshole. Yeah, great. Fun. Yeah. And I'm sure most people, like, know about it. He didn't like the Native Americans. He was like, oh, you know what? They keep, like, destroying our tobacco fields and, like, all this stuff. So I want you to tell me I'm okay to kill all of them. And then Governor Berkeley was like, man, nah. Nah, 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 nah. And he was like, okay, what if I show up with a thousand other people and now I demand that you give me permission to kill all of these people? Oh, fuck. And the governor was like, all right, I see your point. (laughs) (laughs) I see those thousand people. And I raise you the piss that's in my pants right now. Please just go do what you want. So he forced the governor to give him the official commission to attack the Native Americans. He also wrote a declaration of his own. A manifesto, if you will. Basically. (laughs) That said, in summary, this was a quote from Bacon. We must defend ourselves against all Indians, for they were our enemies. Subtle. It's fine. You just took all their land. It's fine. Yeah, great. But here's the thing. He didn't follow his own orders of, like, defending the tobacco fields. No, he just went and, like, massacred Native Americans. No matter the tribe, no matter what. He just, like, full out was like, fuck it. Mm-hmm. We're killing as many as we can. He sounds like a madman. Yeah. So that was in 1676. He dies. Suddenly. Oh. Interesting. Of dysentery. Oh, really? Yes. Ha, good. And also, he had a really bad, like, lice infection (laughs) around him. So he's just itchy, and he's just like... He's itchy, he's poopy. He's poopy. He's bloody. (laughs) He's nasty. Everything's coming out of everywhere. Good. And he dies. And after he dies, everything falls apart pretty quickly. 23 of his followers are captured and quickly hanged. Oh, just 23, huh? Only 23. Um, because they had been declared treasonous. Hmm. Well, and yeah. that was a crime punishable by death. Technically, yes. Technically, yes. There are some letters if you ever like want to look deep into Bacon's Rebellion and mm. feel the need to try and read Old English letters. Mrs. Ann <laughs> Cotton... Was writing to her husband, mm-hmm. detailing the rebellion, and like they're pretty interesting letters. Like she goes into like, well, they've been captured now, and like, bah, 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 bah. but yeah, that's fun. So during like the original like siege by the Native Americans, they'd also been like poisoning their wine and like setting fire to shit. Like it was bad. Woof. And they survived that. Mm-hmm. But then in 1698, there was another fire set by a prisoner who'd been awaiting execution in a nearby prison. Sure. He hey, just, fuck this and fuck you too. Yeah. Started a fire. Mm-hmm. 
that destroyed the prison and the state house. But they did manage to save many of the public records. Really? Yeah. Man, somebody was thinking fast. So at that point, the government was like, okay, we're going to move this whole operation now. We're going to move it to the middle plantation. We're going to rename it Williamsburg, and we're going to be good. Okay. So Jamestown became Williamsburg. Williamsburg. Huh. Shifted slightly. Yeah. So, I like, people still lived on Jamestown, mm-hmm. which, technically speaking, is an island. Okay. Surrounded by water. Ugh. Per Terrible idea. Stipulations of settling there. Terrible idea. But the seat. But it stopped is... being a town. It stopped being recognized as a town. It is now incorporated. Yes. Yeah. Sure. So now it's Jamestown Island. It's a historic site. There's still a private residence on the island. And it's preserved by the National Park Service and Preservation Virginia for visitors. So Dr. William <laughs> Kelso. Oh, yes. Hello. Yes, the guy that's running the excavation show. Yes. <laughs> um, he wrote a book. And he recalled some British tourists who came by while he was excavating the remains of a wall that had consisted of a black stain in the clay because the walls were made of perishable materials. Obviously. Well, sure. <laughs> Not like they had concrete. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's why it was easy to, to burn down like, all their yeah, shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so the British tourists were startled to find that, like, the first English settlement that had, like, paved the way to modern America was so simply made. <laughs> so they quoted, you mean that's it? That's all there is. America, the last of the world's superpowers, began as just dirt? <laughs> yeah, dude. So Kelso responded to that. He's like, no, there was just dirt. But you know what else? I guess plenty of, well. Racism. <laughs> just hope. To which then the British tourists responded, oh, brilliant. Brilliant indeed. Oh, my God. They sound so British. <laughs> I'm really surprised he said hope because like I would have gone with racism. Uh-huh. I would have gone with Arsenic. capitalism. <laughs> Delirium. Dysentery. Literal rivers of shit. Literal. Literal rivers of shit. Cannibalism. <laughs> you know, just the norm. Yeah. So yeah, oh, that's, man. that's Jamestown. It's really funny to me that those people are like, really, that's it. It's like, those people were English until two seconds ago. Like, they landed, and all of a sudden, they're not English to you anymore. Like, they're the ones who built the shit and did a bad job. Like, those weren't Americans yet. (laughs) Like, they wouldn't have called themselves Americans. Like, maybe just don't shit on us for that. You can shit on us for a lot of things. Don't shit on us for that. We have enough shit. Yeah. Dysentery. Y'all were the ones. (laughs) Who landed in a swamp and thought, cool. Tight, tight, tight. This is great. This is great. We're going to build three walls, not four. This seems like a great place where a man can build his home and shit his brains out. Yeah. <laughs> and then eat some brains. Yes. Oh, well, thank you for that story. Yeah. That was terrible and great at the same time, as with all things on this fucking podcast. Thanks for talking about the... the mm. 
the Titanic. The Titanic. The Titanic. So, thank you guys once again for joining us. We will mm. see you in a couple of weeks. And uh, do you want to say it? Yeah, I got a dip, dip potato chip. Don't forget your <laughs> can of water. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Jokes on you. <laughs>